Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murrin, and I'm the host of the podcast. I've only had one fighter in the history of the show join me three times. It was Miles Robinson who was on episode one. So I figured the next fighter to have a third appearance on Forged in Ohio should be the man who joined me on episode two. You last heard from him on episode 25 last April. And since then, he won the vacant Caged Thunder Featherweight Championship and will defend that title in December. I can't wait to talk to Luke McMurtry about all that and more. Thanks for coming on the show for the third time, Luke, and welcome back to Forged in Ohio. Absolutely, man. Always a pleasure to sit down with you, and you know I like to talk, so absolutely. Yeah, let's get right into it. Before we get to your upcoming fight at Cage Thunder 25, we have to celebrate just a little bit, man. You've been calling for a title shot in amateur gold since you first joined the show in October of 2022. So just big congrats on that win at Cage Thunder 22, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. It was a hard fight, you know, uh, especially uh, with Branson. Uh, you know, me and him are pretty cool, so it's kind of it's always hard fighting someone you don't really have any issues with, or you know, fighting someone you're cool with. So that was a challenge in and of itself. But uh, yeah, hard fight, and I, I'm definitely proud of the victory. Yeah, I love this matchup going into it. It was victory versus Apex, and it was a Cage Thunder amateur champion coming down in weight for another belt against you. Is it fair to say that Branson Price was your toughest opponent so far? Coming up in weight, or coming up in weight? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, um, so far, not to speak down on any other guys I fought, I think some of those guys are absolutely stud, but yeah, dude, hardest fight by far, man, he hit me with, he's the hardest I've ever been hit so far in my career, for sure, with some of his, uh, some of his strikes and some of those knees to the body I took, and especially his leg kicks, man, I, there's one part of the fight where, uh, he was tearing my legs up and he hit me with one, and I literally just, I kind of just dropped and I had to turn it into, like, the worst uh shot attempt ever just to make something of it but he tore my legs up man so yeah absolutely my hardest fight so far do you have more confidence in your durability after that fight moving forward in your amateur career i think so i think even that fight and all my fights like the more i get the more fights i take and the deeper into fights i get especially with my last two being my first going to a decision i am starting to become more aware that it's like not like hey, you're not going to take one or two shots and be done. Like I, I'm starting to come, become more aware of how much damage I can take, not be worried or scared to take damage, you know. Uh, just trusting my durability more for sure, yeah. Overall, what did it feel like to achieve that goal, have the belt wrapped around your waist in the octagon and be crowned the new Cage Thunder Featherweight Champion? Dude, it was, on. I mean, not to be too boisterous about it like I get you know it's an amateur title but to me it was just uh it was a huge deal man I never I mean even like four three or four years ago to think I'd be standing you know in a cage with a, with a belt and having all my friends my family there people proud of me is just like it was just like unimaginable so just to be able to have that opportunity to fight for the title and then win and just see my hard work pay off so much hard work was just the, it was the best feeling ever. Probably the best day of my life thus far, if I'm being honest. It was super cool, man. I felt like a champ. <laughs> yeah, and that you were. You were crowned as a champion that night. The win was via split decision. What was going through your mind when Jake Digman was reading off the scorecards in the cage? 
a lot was going through my mind. I think, honestly, up until the fight was over, I think uh, during the fight, I almost wasn't thinking too much about getting a decision to win. I just was kind of just in the fight and was just like, let's just fight the best I can and, and, and try to stick to this game plan. And then once the fight was over, I was like, then I was thinking like, oh crap, this is a close fight. Like I really couldn't have been mad if it went his way. I couldn't have been mad about it. I, it was really close. I didn't want it to be that close. I wanted to get a finish, but um, that's the way it went. Branson was definitely, I think I might've underestimated him a little bit, man. He was so tough, but uh, yeah, standing there waiting for that decision, I was just like, holy crap, I don't know if I won this. <laughs> so when when he when he said my name, I was like, just the relief, man. Just just the joy of, of hearing my name. It was so good. Yeah, I can imagine, man. So I rewatched the fight this morning, and I scored the first round for him and the second and third rounds for you. What was said in your corner after the first round for you to rebound the way you did to go on, win those last two rounds, and secure the win? Yeah, the first round, he, for sure, it was a dominant uh, win for him. He, he came out strong, and I think... I think I uh, was so focused on not letting my nerves and kind of like anxiety get the best of me. I think I, I tried to be too calm. I really think going into that fight, I focused too much on being calm. And that kind of had a negative effect, as you can see in my first round. Dude, Terry and Drew, my coaches, man, those guys are, they know, especially Terry, just knows exactly what to say to get me fired up, man. I can't remember his exact words, but I remember just going back uh, after that first round and sitting on the stool and he was like, Dude, let's go, man. What are we doing? Let's let's get fired. Let's go out there and let's hit this dude. Like he he just knows how to get me fired up. It's not the first time I've gone to my corner and he's kind of pulled me out of a iffy spot and been and got me fired up. They know exactly what to say. So having having Terry in my corner is is huge, man. He's such a good coach and yeah, he knows what to say. Are you a fighter that goes to the corner and benefits more off of technical advice? Maybe after the first round, sure, all that technical advice about what to do in the fight are very helpful, but. Just words of encouragement and motivation, it sounds like, can really get you going more. Yeah, I think, obviously, you know, you want the, the technique. You don't want no technical advice when you go to your corner. You want to know, like, what to do. I think, what, I think actually, when I went to my corner, the first thing I said was, hey, what, what should I do? <laughs> I do definitely benefit more from the words of encouragement. Just, like, I need someone to get me fired up, man, because I feed off of, off of that encouragement for sure. So, yeah, I think a little bit, obviously, everyone needs a little bit of technical advice, but for the most part, I definitely benefit off of, like, the the, the words of encouragement, especially having, you know, my guys, Terry, Drew, I'm super close with them, and then Nick Nash is in my corner, too, having him there, uh, my close buddy and training partner, uh, fired me up, man, yeah, definitely, words of encouragement. Did it help having Nick in your corner, too, knowing that he had experience being in a Cage Thunder title fight, kind of easing those nerves for you going into it? Yeah, definitely. I actually, I asked him probably, because I knew I was going to be allowed to have three guys. I probably asked him like three or four weeks in advance just because, uh, you know, yeah, it's Nick, man. He's got that experience and he's just a super cool dude. I love Nick, man. Uh, so yeah, having him in the corner was awesome. So with this fight, knowing that Branson gave you a tough challenge and you were almost too calm heading in there, how would you just overall break down your performance in the title fight? I'm the kind of guy, I'm always very uh, critical of my performance after every fight because that's just kind of how I am. I just always am striving to look what I did wrong or just be better. And plus, I just want to, I really want to put on entertaining fights, man. I want people to, to get excited when they know I'm fighting. I want to put on bangers. And I know that, you know, that fight was a little slow. It wasn't a bang. It wasn't quite a banger. It had its moments, but it was, uh, it was a little slow. So, 
Yeah, I, uh, judging my performance, I think I could have done a lot better. I think I just, and still getting to that point, I don't think I trusted my hands enough. And I know Branson was such a strong grappler. I was a little bit worried about uh, getting in the clinch with him. He was initiating the clinch a lot, and I was trying to get out of it. But I just, looking back, I wish I would have trusted my hands more. I know I have power, and I know I have good combinations. I wish I would have gotten deeper into my combinations. I really wasn't getting too deep. You know, I was throwing like two, maybe maximum three-piece combos at a time. And I think that's kind of where I faltered on really trying to get him hurt or even trying to get to the point where I'm getting him out of there. Uh, just not trusting those combos. I think going forward, if I can just trust my hands a little bit better, that would be super beneficial. Because I know I got it, man. I know I've been working so hard on my striking. I know I have the skills to to get guys out of there on my feet. I just feel like once I'm in the moment, I'm having a little bit of trouble, you know, trusting my hands. So that's something to work on, something looking back. And, and why, especially watching that fight, I can just tell, you know, I just wasn't trying. I was just trying to land one or two and being like, oh, and then, you know, stepping back and admiring my work, which you don't want to do. So just getting deeper in my combos, looking back, that's something I'm going to work on, something I'm definitely going to show a little bit better in this upcoming fight. How does a fighter like yourself, a 5-0 and amateur champion right now, develop that trust in their hands? Is it just reps in the, in the gym, or is there something more to it than that? Uh, this, is kind of, and this is kind of the journey I'm on right now is trying to figure that out and discover that. But I think, you know, just reps in the gym, uh, a lot of sparring, a lot of hard sparring with high technical guys. You know, I, I have a grappling background. I've always been a grappler. I'm a good grappler. I always trust my grappling. But um, yeah, I'm I'm coming on this journey of I I prefer striking. I love striking, man. It's 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 awesome. It can be an art or it can be a dog fight. It's the it's the coolest thing ever. So I want to get better at that. And uh, I mean, to answer your question, I think for me personally, beneficial is, is just sparring, man, getting rounds with the guys in our gym who have a lot of experience, who have been in wars. I get rounds with uh, Devin Watkins, who is just an absolute, absolute animal, man. Every time I get around with him, I know it's going to be a war and I love it, man. It it gets me better every time. So guys like that, you know, I got uh, Brandon Builder who's fighting rounds with him. We get extra work outside of practice all the time, sparring. Drew Schottenheimer, obviously my coach, getting rounds with him. He's an incredibly technical sparer or uh, striker, my fault. And uh, yeah, getting rounds with him is great. So yeah, I think just sparring, honestly, has been what is has been what is helping me the most. But you know, reps too, hitting the mitts and and that helps as well. But yeah, yeah, I think I saw on social media it was Facebook. I think it was Malcolm Jackson who said something about how you had a really hard head and. He woke up with like a black eye or something along those lines. Do you just have a hard head when sparring, man? I have a super hard head. <laughs> I can take those shots on my forehead, but I gotta, I gotta say, when that happened, he came in to spar and we accidentally, uh, we both went for a, a shot at the same time, like super hard, and we just like couldn't be more perfect. Our heads just collided like that, and we both went down. So that was just from a real bad headbutt, and I actually felt super bad about that because he had. This was before the. November 11th card, and he had that fight coming up then. This was like two or three weeks before, and we I, we accidentally knocked so bad. I popped right up because my head so hard, and he was on the ground still. So, that, yeah, that, so that was a headbutt. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Talking to Luke McMurtry on Forged in Ohio. Let's talk about December 16th. It's Cage Thunder 25 from the Canton Civic Center, your first title defense I know this Civic Center date has been known for a long time. Is it surreal that it's now come around and you'll be fighting in the Canton Civic Center a month's time? It's crazy, man. It's surreal. I've honestly, especially since I started fighting, just like had 
thoughts or I don't want to say dreams, but just thoughts of fighting in the Civic Center would be so cool. I mean, it's like an arena, man. It's like the real deal, kind of like the – so, um, yeah, I'm super pumped, man. I mean, I'm especially kind of nervous because I just kind of got used to being in front of the crowd at, like, Chaparral's and those, like, little bit smaller venues. I mean, still a lot of people, don't get me wrong, but I'm not much for being in front of a lot of people, and I feel like I just kind of got used to being in front of that many people in that kind of a venue. And as soon as I got used to it, we're up in it and we're going to the Civic Center, so – I'm hoping that doesn't mess with my nerves. I'm not too worried, but we'll see what happens. But no, man, I'm so excited, especially talking with the guys, you know, Eric and Randy from Caged and Scott. They're, I mean, they're, they've been hyping it up. They're saying it's going to be an awesome show. So we'll see, we'll see how it turns out. I think it's going to be sweet. You train out of Victory MMA in Canton. This card is Caged Thunder's biggest at the Canton Civic Center, fighting in front of potentially 5,000 plus people in your hometown. Have you just imagined what it's going to be like making that walk, standing in that cage on December 16th? Dude, I think about it honestly every day. <laughs> like it's like every day, man, it's going to be crazy, especially with all those people, man, being in the hometown. I mean, there's something to be said about, you know, being, I don't want to say hometown hero, but kind of hometown hero situation where obviously this is my hometown and all my friends and family are going to be there. People, a lot of people who know me are going to be there. Um, and some guys do well under that kind of situation. Some guys don't. So we'll see how I fare. I mean, I'm kind of used to being close to hometown anyway, and Akron is close enough. So not too worried about having the friends and fam there, but uh, we'll see what happens. I feel like I would kind of prefer almost being fighting away and fighting the hometown here because then it's like, well, you got to lose, man. You're going into the enemy territory. But, um, yeah, we'll see how I fare. At the end of the day, you know, it's just another fight. Once you get in there, once they lock the cage, it's another body, man. Well, I'd say you're even a bigger hometown hero for this one because you have an interesting opponent for this fight. I know guys like Candy and Tackett were calling you out on social media, but you ended up with the number one ranked amateur featherweight out of Indiana. How did that come together? Oh, uh, <laughs> Canyon. I'm sure I'll see Canyon soon. We'll see what happens, though. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh... You know, we, we offered Canyon the fight at the Civic Center, and I think at that time he was trying to fight earlier, which is understandable. I think he was trying to fight on the November BCM card, so he ended up uh, not wanting that fight. Like I said, I'm sure I'll see him at some point. But, um, yeah, I think uh, Scott and Eric and Randy and them just kind of branched out a little bit farther and tried to find some some different guys from different areas. And I think, you know, being not to, not to brag about myself, but I guess being the number one ranked featherweight, you know, uh, it's going to be a little bit harder maybe to find a fight uh, in my weight class around here. So they ended up finding the number one guy in Indiana. So it'll be cool, man. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to show them why the Ohio MMA scene is, in my opinion, one of the best MMA scenes in the country. Absolutely, man. You and your team at Victory have been very strategic, taking the right challenges at the right time as you progress in your amateur career. It's the number one amateur featherweight in Ohio versus the number one amateur featherweight in Indiana. How excited are you for the challenge ahead of you on December 16th? I'm excited, man. And like you said, I think just taking the the right steps up, uh, I really got to credit Terry and Drew so much on just helping me find the right fights of where I am in my career, not taking stupid fights and just really just listening to them, man. You know, getting the right amount of challenge as I take these steps up. And I think that's got me to the point now where I'm like, okay, I'm taking a big challenge you know this guy he's he's a stud man I think he only has one loss and that was very early in his career so um yeah I'm looking forward to it he's a he's a good striker he has good ground game he's an all-around good fighter so I'm, I mean you know me I'm up for the challenge man I like to fight so if he wants to take it to the ground we can go to the ground if he wants to stand and bang I'm more than happy to stand and bang 
Your opponent's six and one with four first round finishes, and he's never been to the judges' scorecards. You have three finishes on your resume as well. Do you imagine that this fight ends within the three rounds? Dude, I'm telling you right now, we're getting back to my back to the start of my career, dude. I don't feel like fighting three rounds, dude. I want to put this. I want to get this guy out of here. I don't know if that's gonna happen on my feet. I foresee me taking him to the ground and then uh, finishing him there. Uh, with strikes, but we'll see what happens. But I'll tell you right now, I'm not really feeling like fighting three rounds, dude. I want to get him out of there. That's the plan. I love to hear it, man. What are your keys to victory at Cage Thunder 25? I mean, like they say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I'm just going to keep doing what I've done for every fight, just literally every day. I mean, you ask the people in my in my life, especially outside of the gym, I do not miss practice. I do not miss training. I'm two times a day i'm trying to get two times a day some sort of workout in man i don't miss it for anything so uh i think the reason i've been so successful in my career so far is just i mean other than you know listening to my coaches listening to terry and drew just working my freaking butt off as hard as i can every single time i'm in the gym just pushing myself till i can't anymore just just really trying to work as hard as i can um and and get my cardio up as good as i can get my durability up as good as i can just be ready for anything because you know, it's like you, you're preparing for a fight with someone. Anything could happen in those three rounds. You can't, for the most part, control what's going to happen in those three rounds. You can control everything that happens leading up to it. So everything that happens leading up to it, I'm going to take every day, every opportunity to, to train as hard as I can and just be ready for whatever's going to happen in those three rounds. And those short little nine minutes, man, such a short time, but such a long time to prepare. So I'm going to make sure I just do everything I can to be 100% ready, just like every other fight I've had. You know, don't underestimate your opponent. I mean, I'm going to train like it's freaking Max Holloway, dude. I'm going to train as hard as I can until I drop. Are we going to see the best version of Luke McMurtry on December 16th? I, I believe so. I really believe so. I mean, my grappling is, is where it's been. It's good. And I think my striking, even from my last fight, has just has gotten better. So I think you're going to see a well-rounded, complete mixed martial artist on December 16th out of me. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Once again, this is Luke McMurtry with us on Forged in Ohio. I know you must be dialed in for this title fight, but I thought I'd just check back in on the thought of turning pro since you're now 5-0 with a title as an amateur. Have you given any more thought of when a pro debut could come along? Yeah, I, I think about it, but I just don't want to make... Once you make that step, it's it's that you're done. You can't go back. I just want to make sure I'm ready. I know if I win a couple more fights, it's probably going to be that time but uh i'm just trying to focus on you know a fight at a time focus on what's ahead obviously that's my goal i want to be a pro fighter i want to take this as far as i can while my body still lets me but uh yeah i'm just trying to focus on what's on my plate right now and uh when that time comes i believe i'll know but like i said i just don't want to make that step too quick because it's a such a jump in competition man and, and once you're there you, you can't be like Ooh, i don't know if i was ready i need another amateur fight that's it, man. Once you make that jump of competition, everyone's a stud, dude. All these pro fighters are studs, especially in Ohio. So just want to make sure I'm ready. And, and I got Drew in my ear. I got Terry in my ear. And those guys are so knowledgeable about the sport. And those guys have been in it for so long. So I trust their judgment. And, uh, yeah, I think when the time comes, I'll know it. I won't be, any, won't be questionable. I'll know when it's time. Do you think it'll take your coaches telling you? Or is it like a gut feeling that you will know when that moment comes, hey, it'll be time to turn pro? I think maybe a mix of both. You know, I, I, I'm i pretty close with them both. So uh, we chat and uh, yeah, I think it'll be a mix of both. And I trust them enough and I 
appreciate them because I know they're not yes men. They're not going to be like, you know, if I think I'm ready and they think I'm not, they're going to tell me, no, dude, you're not ready. And that's why I really appreciate them, especially Drew, man. He's not afraid to hurt your feelings. <laughs> but that's cool. I don't need, I don't want people in my corner who are going to be like, yeah, yeah, and just pushing me to take fights with whoever and blah, blah, blah. Pushing, to be, pushing me to be super active, you know. We take a fight, and then we get back in the gym, and we get better before I take another fight. So, yeah, just really trusting their judgment. I'm sure Cage Thunder has treated you well throughout your career, and they're doing more pro-am cards than ever, it seems. Do you see a lot of your early pro fights and even your next couple amateur fights as well being under the Cage Thunder banner? Now you're obviously Cage Thunder champion, but especially in your early pro career as well. I would have no problem with that. That would be awesome, man. I mean... Those guys have treated me great. Um, I love their promotion. I think it's even since I started, but even before that, they've grown so much and they're still getting bigger and bigger. And yeah, they treat me well. So that's if that's the situation and the fight is right and the time is right, yeah, I'd love to make my pro debut for them. And then if not, you know, there's a lot of other promotions around here that I could do it there too. But uh, I guess we'll see what happens. It's really mostly about the fight, man. As much as I want to honor how well they've treated me, at the end of the day, I need to take, the, especially for a, such a big jump as a pro debut, I just want to make sure it's right. I just want to make sure it's the right fight. So that's the, that's the biggest aspect of it for me. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. By the way, something I've never asked you before, and it came up in the last episode of Forge in Ohio. Obviously, as an amateur in Ohio, you weigh in on the same day you fight. But what does fight day look like from then right up until you make the walk? From the weigh-ins to the walk, it's just... I mean, normally before I, I wake up so early, I mean, you know, we weigh in at like 12, 12.30-ish. I can never sleep before. I never sleep well before. So I'll be up at like 6 or 7. It's my like, crap, dude. I got so much time to kill. So I'll just be chilling, watch like a, a movie, watch a sweet movie like Troy or something like that. Get me fired up. I don't know, something like that. And then I go weigh in. But after that, dude, I'll go just try and chill, man. Just try not to think about, you know, it's just another day in the office. Just get ready to clock in. I'll go get... uh something to eat you know just fuel up make sure i'm getting the right foods in me and i've been blessed enough so far that every time i fought has been in akron so i'm able to go back to my home and just sit down and chill relax maybe shadow box a little bit but just honestly just try and relax and then even showing up to the venue a lot of my fights lately have been so deep into the car i'm just kind of trying to put my hood up get a hat on and just try and chill you know talk to some of my teammates and just kind of relax up until it's time to start getting warmed up really i think i do well once it's time to start getting warmed up, then I'll start being like, all right, let's get ready to, to, to clock in here. But up until then, I just kind of try and relax, not let my nerves get so a hold of me, you know, just try and chill out. Is there anything in particular that helps you get in that zone ahead of the fight where you can really dial all that outside noise out before the fight? Once I dial in, nothing in particular, man, nothing out of the ordinary. I might put a song on. Last time I didn't listen to any music, but like I said, I think I was a little too calm. I just, just, I really just try and uh, picture in my head what I'm going to do instead of just letting myself go out there and see what happens. I try to picture combinations. I try to picture, you know, what I'm going to try and hit, you know, wrestling-wise and submissions and just just try and picture that in my head. But, uh, yeah, just try and stay as calm as possible because, up, I mean, like I said, my last fight, I was think I was too calm. The reason why is because the fights before that, I think I just, I get so worked up. And so, I don't know, nerves get to me a little bit. So just trying to find, trying to find that medium still, still in my process of finding that medium of being like, you know, you don't want to not be nervous. That's how you get knocked out, but you don't want to be too nervous. So you got to find that medium, I feel like. 
I know you're at every single Cage Thunder event supporting your team at Victory MMA. Is it hard when you're fighting so deep into a card and you have teammates in front of you not watching their fights? That way you can actually dial in for your own. It is, man. It's so hard, especially just because I love those dudes so much. Honestly, a lot of the time I almost care about them winning more than myself. So most of the time, yeah, I just got to, if they're before me on a card, I just got to not watch and not pay attention, especially. And if they win, it's sweet because then they come in, you know, teams there where like it, that energy kind of helps motivate me. But then when they lose, you just got to be like, don't even think about it, you know. So it's hard, man. Yeah, I care about all those guys a lot, man. So it, it's very challenging when they're fighting before me. Fighting after me, I appreciate that more. <laughs> And it seems like everything right now is going victory's way. You know, Devin Watkins recently broke through in what was a huge hometown win for him. And, of course, Cage Thunder 25, you guys have three amateur title fights, I believe. You are defending your belt. Uh, Devin Watkins and then Brandon Billet are going for his third try at an amateur title. Just what's that atmosphere like with four confirmed fights for Cage Thunder 25, which I mentioned three of which are for amateur title fights? It's awesome, man. It's been just having, like, uh, I mean, us three and, you know, our other uh, high-level fighters, too, have just been getting so much work in. And, and Brandon and Devin are both, like, so skilled, man. So they're pushing me. I'm pushing them. We're all pushing each other to be better. The training's been great lately. Even I just got done training with both of them, and it was it was just so productive, man, having both of them there. And we're both getting ready to fight at the same time. It's been an awesome atmosphere, dude. Just being able to focus on each other and getting each other better. Yeah, I'm excited for both their fights. I think I truly I think we're going to go three for on, on our fights. I think we're all going to win, man. Um, Brandon's looking super sharp. Devin, I wouldn't worry about him versus anyone. Guy is literally a complete savage. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pumped. I think you're going to see some some high level fighting out of us on December. Yeah, 3-0 and for Victor would be a big deal at Cage Thunder 25, no doubt. Do we see a, a fourth one, maybe? Maybe a Nick Nash added to the card defending his title, or is that not on the table? Um, I'll be honest, I don't think that's on the table. I don't think Nick's going to be fighting this time around. His status right now, I want to see him back in there, but we'll see what happens. He's he's uh, He's got some stuff going on, so we'll see what happens. Sounds good. Well, I wish the best for Nick and the team at going 3-0. Obviously, it would be a big deal at Cage Thunder 25. Before I wrap up, man, just anything you want to shout out in terms of social media handles, sponsorships, the floor is yours here at the end. Don't got much to say, man. Uh, appreciate my team. I feel like I've shouted them out enough, but I love those guys. I love, I love the gym, man. Uh, December 16th, come watch me knock this dude's block off. Yeah, absolutely, man. You bet I'll be there as well. Thanks again for coming on the show for the third time. Next time, I'll make sure we get to do something in studio again. You've given me two of the most passionate IOs in the history of Forge in Ohio, so I'm expecting another good one here to wrap up the show. So, OH. IO. Thanks, Luke. I appreciate you giving me the time. I couldn't be happier for you with your recent success, and I wish you the best on December 16th, bro. Thank you, man. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it. That was Luke McMurtry, the 5-0 amateur mixed martial artist. I know it's the amateur scene, but it's pretty cool to follow a fighter's journey the way that I did with Luke. He was 3-0 with a 100% finish rate the first time he joined me, and we've seen him get tested in his last two fights en route to an amateur title, which we were talking about in October of 2022 for him. He's got another test to pass, though, on December 16th at Cage Thunder 25. 
I'm looking forward to seeing the number one Ohio amateur featherweight greet the number one amateur featherweight out of Indiana in that contest. That's going to do it for episode 57 of Forge in Ohio, though. Don't forget to support the show by downloading the podcast wherever you listen to it. Also, check out the Forge in Ohio YouTube channel to watch these episodes. And as always, follow at Forged in Ohio on both Instagram and Facebook. I have a goal for followers on both accounts that I'd like to reach before the end of the year, but I need you, the listeners, the viewers, to help me get there. So thanks again for watching or tuning in and supporting the show. I've been your host, Jake Marin, and this was Forged in Ohio.